like that. You want to try that. What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is Logan Blackman, host of The Logan Blackman Show, and I'm excited to do this show today. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because we are doing mock draft. Now, we're not doing, we're not calling it anything. This is just the top 18 teams in the draft because that's the first thing that has been locked in to the NFL draft. The first mock draft or mock draft 1.0 or whatever you want to call it, I will do after the Super Bowl. Once we figure out who is in the Super Bowl or who wins the Super Bowl. After all of that, we will release mock draft 1.0. This is just kind of a preliminary draft for just to do it. Just a show filler, I guess. I'm not going to do all 32 teams. We're just going to do 1 through 18. So, like, the Dolphins will pick twice in this. I think that might be the only team that picks twice at this point in the draft. Maybe the Rams Rams don't have a first. Do the Rams have a first-round pick? No, they don't. The, the Jaguars have two first-round picks. The Jets have two first-round picks. The Jets' first-round pick, that set their second first-round pick, belong. who is it to? Who is the Jets' second first-round pick from? I'm trying to remember who it's from. I can't. The Colts? No, the Colts have a first. I don't know. We'll just do... We're going to do mock draft with the top 18 teams. After that, we are going to do the quarterback-coach combinations that we have come up with. As you remember, on Wednesday, we did the coach predictions for all the teams that lost head coaches or fired their head coaches. Not really lost. We gave them new head coaches predictions and where what their coach will be this upcoming season or the next season, I guess, because this season is not technically over. And we will also talk about some big news and revolving an NFL quarterback before we talk about that. Actually, we'll talk about that before we even get to the draft. And then, obviously, starting off, we are going to do the playoff predictions. Obviously, the playoffs start on Saturday. The first round of the playoffs, the Buffalo Bills versus the Indianapolis Colts is the first game come this weekend so let's look at some of the scores see not the scores but let's see what games we've got we got the colts versus the bills that game is at 1205 central time on cbs from buffalo it is the rams at the seahawks on fox at 340 and the last game on saturday is the tampa bay buccaneers at the washington football team that is at 715 on nbc the bills seahawks and the bucks are all favored in those games the buccaneers being the heaviest favorite with a minus 8.0 spread over the Washington football team. And Bruce Arians was so kindly, so elegantly put that, that they're facing a 4-1 team, not a 7-9 team because Alex Smith's the quarterback. We're not facing Dwayne Haskins is pretty much what he said. That's what we basically said on, what, Wednesday. This shows how bad Dwayne Haskins was as the quarterback of the Washington football team because you see how good they can be with Alex Smith. And they're not even that good, but they're they're winning. They made the playoffs. Yeah, seven and nine, whatever. They still made the playoffs. With Dwayne Haskins, their starting quarterback. They're winning three games, maybe. So, but I'm not bad. I'm not saying Dwayne Haskins won't be a success at some point in the NFL. Throughout some point in his career, he might turn it around and become a successful NFL quarterback. That's just not in Washington. Obviously, as he got cut, not traded. He got straight up cut the last game before the last game of the regular season, even if I remember correctly. Craziness, but yeah, it. They're a lot better team with Alex Smith at the helm there. And then on Sunday we got the Ravens at the Titans. The Ravens are a three and a half point favorite. We have the Bears at Saints. The Saints, the biggest spread of the weekend, at minus ten. 
That game is on CBS at 340. And then the last game of the day, at 7:15, the Browns at the Steelers. The Steelers are a six-point favorite. And that Bears-Saints game is also going to be on Nickelodeon. So if you don't want to watch it on CBS, go over to Nickelodeon and turn on that game because I will be watching the Bears-Saints game live on Nickelodeon. I ain't watching that thing on CBS. I can do a random... I can do watch a CBS game at any time during the season. I want to watch a Nickelodeon game. And I didn't say this, but the Bears and Ti- or the Ravens-Titans game is on ABC slash ESPN. So there's your games for Wild Card Weekend. The Packers on the NFC side and the Kansas City Chiefs on the AFC side will be awaiting the lowest-seeded team that comes out of that round. So I am excited. To say the least, nervous, but excited. I am very nervous slash excited, okay? Because, obviously, the Bills received the number two seed in the playoffs. Big deal. Very big deal. And are a 13-3 and team, which is ridiculous, after what I watched when I was younger and saw the likes of J.P. Lossman battling Kelly Holcomb, seeing the likes of Trent Edwards, seeing uh, Ryan... Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick was probably one of the good eras of that Bills playoff drought era, I guess. Drew Bledsoe was my first favorite player. Then we had... Uh, well, let's just go in order of quarterbacks that I remember watching. So Drew Bledsoe was the first one. Obviously, there was Doug Flutie, Rob Johnson, Alex Van Pelt, who is the offense coordinator of the Cleveland Browns. It's either Browns or Bengals. I can't remember which one, though. Todd Collins was in there as well. But my first ever football jersey was a Doug Flutie Bills jersey. But then once we start getting after the Rob Johnson Flutie quote-unquote era, if you want to call it that, you had the Drew Bledsoe era, which lasted about three years, three or four years, and got gradually worse as it went down. But Josh Allen, congrats to Josh, broke the passing yard record in a season by Bills quarterback, which was held by number 11 Drew Bledsoe. Then after Drew, they drafted, or actually still while Drew was there, they drafted J.P. Lossman, last quarterback taken in the first round, picked 22nd, I believe. They drafted Lee Evans at 13, I think. Get him a wide receiver. Yeah, that didn't work out. They battled him with Kelly Holcomb, who was the quarterback for the Browns for a while. Or a while, probably like, I think most people remember him as the Cleveland Browns quarterback more than the Bills quarterback. And then they obviously got rid of Holcomb, kept Lossman, drafted Trent Edwards in the second round from Stanford, and then Marshawn Lynch was drafted in the first round. A lot of people forget Marshawn Lynch played (laughs) for the Buffalo Bills for about two years, but they had Fred Jackson. Those two were very, they were very good together. Fred Jackson, obviously a Bills cult hero. Marshawn Lynch, one of the greatest players in Seattle Seahawks history. Everybody loves Fred Jackson. So they had Trent Edwards, cut JP or traded him, whatever. Signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he came from the Rams, if I remember correctly. Battled Trent Edwards. Fitzpatrick beat him out. Trent, I think, went to Philly after Buffalo. I know he played for Philly. He could have gone somewhere else. JP went to the Oakland Raiders when they were in Oakland. Then, after Fitzpatrick, the Bills drafted EJ Manuel, I believe was the next quarterback on that list, after Fitz. So, EJ Manuel was there. They had Matt Castle. As he came after EJ, but in that EJ Emanuel era, who was his backup? Jeff Tool was there. Thad Lewis was there, a quarterback from Duke that played about two games for the Bills and looked pretty decent in those two games he played. EJ got kind of screwed because he got unfor- he got the unfortunate honor to play under Doug Marone. 
Oh, man. We can talk about Doug Marone all we want. <laughs> We've talked about him ad nauseum on this show. So then you had EJ Manuel. Then the next offseason, they signed Tyron Taylor from Baltimore and then had Matt Castle in a three-way quarterback battle. Tyrod won the battle. Bills either let go or traded EJ to Oakland. It's just a common path for Bills quarterbacks to just go from Buffalo to Oakland. JP did it. And then EJ. I don't. I can't remember if Trent Edwards ended up going to Oakland or not. I feel like he did, but I can't really remember. Then you had the Tyrod era. Obviously drafted Nathan Peterman in the fifth round. But the Bills, funnily enough, in this time frame, we talked about how they didn't draft Russell Wilson instead of drafted TJ Graham because they thought they could get Russell Wilson later. This is the common thing that you hear in draft. If you if your guy's available, take him. Don't wait. Take him. And they got screwed because the Seahawks took him like five picks later. Messed up their whole draft thing. Got TJ Graham. Played two years for the Bills, if that. He's a wide receiver. And then the same thing happened a few years later. The Bills drafted Cardale Jones, who was Tyrod's backup for a little bit. And they were targeting Dak Prescott, a quarterback from Mississippi State that's gone on to have... Has he, he hasn't really done a lot in the NFL, has he? No, I'm joking. Obviously, he's done very good statistically in the NFL as far as winning goes, uh, hit and miss, whatever. But they were targeting him. Got Cardell Jones. Obviously, Cardell went to the D.C. Defenders, did good for like the first two games, and then kind of struggled the rest of it. And then after Tyrod, obviously, the Bills signed A.J. McCarron, traded Tyrod for a third-round pick or something to Cleveland. Tyrod had, what, three or four? Years in Buffalo, decent years. The first year being the best and gradually just going lower and lower in production. Interceptions around stayed the same, but the touchdowns and numbers, passing yards went down. He had 14 touchdowns, four picks, but 14 touchdowns in his last season in Buffalo. He made the Pro Bowl on Buffalo. Most Bills fans love Tyrod Taylor. He's a great person. He ended the drought, even though. He shouldn't, it was more of the Chargers, A, not having a kicker, and then the Bengals making a miracle play to beat the Ravens, which saw the Bills go to the playoffs. If you watch that Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Bills first round playoff game, Tyrod Taylor battling Blake Bortles, it's one of the worst quarterback battles you'll ever see, ever. Ever. It was a terrible game. I had got, it was so terrible watching that. So obviously, Tyrod goes to Cleveland, Buffalo Bills trade up to seven, tried to trade up to five with Denver. Browns passed on Bradley Chubb. Denver sat at five. So Buffalo moved up with Tampa to take Josh Allen. And that's where we are now. Uh, Josh got hurt against the Houston Texans. Hurt his elbow. Uh, They signed Derek Anderson. He played a little bit. Played on the Monday night game against the Patriots. Got killed a few games during that stretch when Josh was out. But the lone caveat of that was the fact that Nathan Peterman scored the first rushing touchdown against the Chicago Bears that that defense gave up all season, the first one. So there's a little piece of trivia for you. Then they signed Matt Barkley, cut Peterman, he's now on the Raiders, and Derek Anderson retired after the season was over. So now it's Josh and Matt Barkley, and Jake Fromm and Davis Webb are also there as well, but they don't dress or anything. I think Davis Webb's just on the practice squad. Jake Fromm's technically the third-string quarterback, I think. But that's your brief rundown of quarterbacks I've had to suffer through throughout my lifetime, and it's not great. Most of you probably don't even know who a J.P. Lossman is or what a J.P. Lossman is, and there's not a lot of highlights that tell you what he was, either A, at Tulane, or in Buffalo, or in Oakland, or on the, was he on the Las Vegas locomotives or something like that? It was some stupid, like, non, like, I don't think it was arena ball, 
it might have been the IFL, but there's USFL, the United States football. I don't know what it is, but it, he went there and then retired. Now he's coaching Trevor Lawrence, so look how well that turned out for him. So you want to watch Trevor Lawrence? You see J.P. Lossman. That's what J.P. Lossman was as a quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> but yes, there's been a lot of bad quarterbacks coming through Buffalo, but there's bad quarterbacks every year. Dwayne Haskins being one of them. Josh Rosen really hasn't gotten a chance since he made that awesome quote of him and Dwayne Haskins are eerily similar because Josh Rosen got drafted 10th by the Arizona Cardinals and said there were nine mistakes taken above me. And Dwayne Haskins got drafted at what, 15th and said the NFL done messed up. Dwayne Haskins isn't on a team and Josh Rosen has been on what, his fourth team? He's now on the 49ers. He didn't even make the roster of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's just on their practice squad. Got traded after one year, went 3-13. and That's not really on Josh. I think I'm going to base that just on Cliff Kingsbury getting the job and wanting Kyler Murray. But it worked out for the Cardinals enough because they like the Kyler Murray. I like Kyler Murray a lot more than Rosen. So, yeah, maybe Josh Rosen gets another chance somewhere in the NFL as a starter, maybe. He might have a chance in San Fran, depending on what they do with Jimmy G. But he's not even the four. He's the four string, essentially. Because he's the backup to CJ, who's third string behind Nick Mullins and Jimmy G. We'll see where Jimmy G goes this offseason. But there's a lot of teams that have iffy quarterbacks from time to time. The Bears have an iffy quarterback. I don't think Trubisky's terrible. I don't think he's that good. But at the end of the season, he started to actually play well. And if they didn't bench Trubisky... They might have actually been a better team than 8-8, eight eight, which is crazy to think about. And uh, who else has not great quarterback play? The Giants and Jets could take or, could take or leave Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold. If the Jets get him some help, maybe. But from what I've seen, he's he doesn't really, he doesn't really have a lot clicking up there. The Bills, like, when you compare Josh and Sam, I saw an article today that said Josh Allen has now eclipsed Sam Darnold like he didn't in year one, whatever. Josh, in his first year, wasn't supposed to start his first year. Sam Darnold was the most ready to play. Sam Darnold, according to everybody in the national media, was ready to play. If you draft Sam, he's going to play day one, which he did with the Jets. They had Teddy Bridgewater, Josh McCown, Sam Darnold started first game against the Lions. Threw a pick six on his first throw in the NFL, which was pretty funny. Josh wasn't supposed to play his first year. Peter Murray was so bad against the Ravens in week one, Josh had to start against the Chargers in week two. The Bills were supposed to win two games Josh's rookie year. They went on to win six, which is doesn't seem like a lot of wins, but when you're expected to win two in, what, triple your wins? It's pretty impressive. I don't know what the Jets were projected. They finished 4-12, and 12, and we'll talk about that draft pick coming up because the number two pick is going to get talked about a lot. We know what Jacksonville's going to do. The number two pick is the intriguing one. But the main thing I was going to talk about here with the quarterback thing was the fact that Deshaun Watson, quarterback of the Houston Texans, or current quarterback of the Houston Texans, he might not be in the coming future. But he is apparently, and I'll read this little quote from, what was it, Bleacher Report? Or pick six on Twitter. Deshaun Watson could request a trade. Rumors already are circulating, and we've already heard them from multiple different people, that Watson has quietly broached with teammates the possibility of requesting a trade. If that's happening, it may just be a strategic effort to ensure his views are respected by ownership. That'd be nice. But if I'm Deshaun, <laughs> I'd get the hell out of Houston. 
unless they get someone like Eric Bieniemy, then I'd feel like, okay, we got actually stability in the coaching spot. They just gave an extension to their GM, or hired their GM and gave him a six-year extension or something like that. They don't have a first-round pick. They should be picking third, but brilliant mind Bill O'Brien decided, you know what? We don't need first-round picks. We're going to be so good, we don't need them. They even trade DeAndre Hopkins for a first-round pick. Trade him for a freaking second-rounder. Then traded that second-round pick to get Brandon Cook. So I don't even know where they're going to start picking in this draft. If I'm Deshaun, I lo- okay, I would just like to, I'd love to say this because I've talked about it before on the show. Deshaun Watson is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. Out of like the top five quarterbacks in the NFL that are personal favorites of mine, Deshaun is definitely in that top five. Secured in that top five. Like, if I'm just naming quarterbacks that are my favorites to watch in the NFL, go Josh, Lamar, Patty Mahomes, Deshaun, and Russell Wilson. I think those are my five favorite quarterbacks. Not, not in any order. Obviously, Josh is one, but then the rest, you can move around. I love watching Lamar Jackson play as well. And Deshaun. They're just all fantastic quarterbacks. And I hate the fact Mahomes is on the Chiefs because I can't stand the Chiefs. Because we, we live in Iowa, and a lot of Chiefs fans... Yeah, if you know a Chiefs fan, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and in William Penn, there's a lot of people from Missouri that were at William Penn, and they were a lot of Chiefs fans down there as well. Uh, man, one a Titans fan. And the Titans and Ravens will be playing each other in the first round of the playoffs. So that'll be interesting. And neither one of those teams will be playing the Kansas City Chiefs in the next round unless Cleveland Browns or the Colts beat the Bills. Or the Browns beat the Steelers, obviously. So Browns, without significant players, but they haven't released the names, and their head coach... We have to see how they do against Pittsburgh. And I heard that Baker Mayfield's 0-3 on the road at Pittsburgh throughout his entire career. So we'll see if that streak ends this playoff run. Steelers obviously not finishing the season in the finest form, but form nonetheless that got him a first-round play a first-round home game against a division rival. You want to play if you're playing a division rival in the playoffs, you want it to be a home game. That's usually what you want. But where would Deshaun go? Really, realistically. The Houston Texans obviously beat the Bills last year in the first round of the playoffs. Sean making miracle play after miracle play. When he got drafted in 2017, he was the guy that I would have took, taken first out of the quarterbacks. Loved watching Deshaun Watson in college. And this is getting talked about a little bit as well, kind of a little side point. On Someone said Trevor Lawrence is the greatest player, one of the greatest, if not the greatest Clemson player of all time. So obviously Deshaun Watson is going to get thrown in there as well. That's going to be a huge topic of discussion. If I'm saying the greatest Clemson player of all time, I'd probably go with Deshaun, if I'm being honest. Trevor, close second. As far as quarterback prospects go, Trevor's a better quote-unquote prospect. But as far as the greatest player in Clemson football history, I'd probably say Deshaun. That that might be sacrilege. I don't know. I, I would probably say Deshaun because he finishes a Heisman finalist three years, I believe. Two or three years. He went to a national championship, multiple national championships. Kind of, he was kind of the first quarterback that turned, helped turn the tide. It was Taj Boyd, and then Deshaun Watson, kind of taking what Taj Boyd did and taking it to the stratosphere to make Clemson football where it is now. I would probably take Deshaun and what what he did against Bama, very good Bama team. Never seemed to have a bad game. Now, Clemson, every year it feels like they have that one game they should never lose. Like, they lose to Pitt, they lose to Syracuse, they'll lose to someone, I don't know if they have, but like, Boston College, 
someone like that, where the teams they should never lose to, Notre Dame being another one, uh, teams they should never lose to, and they did. I'll base the Notre Dame one on the fact that they missed a lot of starters in that game. On the offensive side and the defensive side. No, most notably Trevor Lawrence. But Deshaun Watson put up this year fantastic numbers. While playing with the receivers that he didn't really want to play with. He had a guy that he loved playing with, DeAndre Hopkins. And first off, before we get into this, screw DeAndre Hopkins. First off, the Hail Mary thing. And then getting a double bird to the face by the fact that Carlos didn't make the playoffs after he laughed at the fact the Texans didn't make the playoffs. So just funny. Funny how that all works out. Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, had Kenny Stills. He's now on the Bills. You feel for Deshaun. You feel, at least I feel for him. J.J. Watt went up to him. He said, we wasted one of your years. Should have had 11 wins. Defense sucked. Offense, without Deshaun, they win probably one game and the Miami Dolphins have the number one overall pick. If one. That's the crazy part. Deshaun Watson kept that team afloat a lot throughout the season. And he couldn't, he couldn't do everything, but he ended up leading the league in passing yards this year. Very successful year without his real number one wide receiver. So if I'm Deshaun, yes, I am requesting a trade this offseason. I am wanting to go to somewhere like, I don't know, teams that would possibly... If you watched... If Deshaun Watson was in Kyle Shanahan's system in San Fran, just imagine how that insane that link-up would be. And Tyron Matthew, safety for the Kansas City Chiefs, former Texan, he came out and said, if I'm the Saints, Niners, or even Chicago, I'm all in on the Watson news. I'm going after Deshaun. The Texans have no picks. As a GM... For the future of the franchise, you got to pile, stockpile some picks or something. Joe Douglas has started doing that in New York with the Jets. We'll see what, again, we'll talk about what they do with the second pick. See if he stockpiles more picks, takes a quarterback lineman, whatever. You need to start getting some picks because right now the future is pretty bleak. You got to have a first round pick next year, I believe, unless Bill O'Brien somehow traded that pick away too. I don't know. I'm, I'm, if I'm Deshaun, I'm leaving. I'm gone. You don't even have a second round pick, as far as I know. I think the earliest pick they have is third or fourth round. With, if you're a team that supposedly has ambition, which Bill O'Brien went to the fact of we're going to be good, we don't need first round picks. Basically, the Bill Belichick school of thought, because he's a Bill Belichick quote unquote disciple or whatever. Look how well that treated Bill without Tom Brady this year. Deshaun, ask for a trade. Go to San Fran. San Fran would be awesome with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. That'd be insane. Literally, that'd be insane. San Fran could have taken Deshaun Watson back in 2017. They had the second overall pick. Traded back, obviously, to the third overall pick with the Bears. Took Trubisky. Then you could take Deshaun Watson there. Imagine Kyle Shanahan with Deshaun Watson. Imagine that. It'd be ridiculous. That'd be one of the greatest combinations ever. At least I would hope so. I have no beef with the Niners, so if the Niners go good, good on them. I don't really care. My grandma lived out in San Francisco. She's claims she's a Niners fan. Don't really follow it, but she claims she's a Niners fan. She liked Joe Montana. She really liked Joe Montana. Uh, him with the Saints would be very interesting as well. The Jets, there was reports that they're going to try and make a big trade this offseason. Maybe involves Deshaun. Give them Sam. Give him a second overall pick. 
or 27th, I Deshaun would be worth. He's a franchise quarterback. You get a first round. If if there's talks of Sam Darnold being worth a first round pick, Deshaun Watson's easily worth a top 10 pick. If Sam Darnold is getting media and getting attention as possibly being traded for first round pick, goodness gracious. Now if Deshaun, now if he stays in Houston, uh, it's going to be a long year next year, I would suspect. Because they don't really have anything to help build their roster. I don't think they have a lot of cap space either. Because they just paid Laramie Tunsil a crap ton of money. They just paid Deshaun Watson a ton of money. Where are they? What's their cap space look like? Are they going to be able to bring in big name free agents? Free agents don't usually go to Houston. The biggest name free agent I can think of that went there was Tyron Matthew. Who we just talked about a little bit. He might have even been traded. I don't even know if, you got, if he just went there or not. I know he signed a free agent deal in Kansas City. I don't know if he was traded or signed as a free agent in Houston. Don't know that. For being the third or fourth largest city in the United States, they don't really get that many free agents. And they're kind of considered a small market compared to like Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, and others. Which is crazy to think about because they're the fourth largest city in the fourth, fifth, whatever. They're top five largest city in the United States. Man. But sadly, the Texans will not be playing in the playoffs. My dad and sister could care less because they don't like J.J. Watt because my sister, quote-unquote, says he looked like he wanted to kill Josh last year. I was like, well, that's his job. He's a good person. I don't care. I don't like him as a football player. That's what my sister says. And my dad just kind of goes along with that to be funny. But yeah, the Texans will not be playoff going, playoff whatever you want to call it. Deshaun... I hope he goes somewhere else. I think he deserves a lot better than what Bill O'Brien tried to do in Houston. Well, I don't even think he tried, really. Bill O'Brien just didn't try. He tried once, got Laramie Tunsil, but then didn't try after that because he traded away DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, like a second-round pick or something, and then got Brandon Cooks with that second-round pick they got from Arizona. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Brandon Cooks contemplated retirement. Not too long ago. He went off towards the end of the year, to be fair. But, yeah. Deshaun, get out of Houston. I'd li- I I just want to see him succeed. I love Deshaun Watson. Loved him in college. Love him now. He's a great quarterback to watch. The Texans are just a cancer to watch. So, if you want to watch the Texans, or if you want to watch Deshaun, you got to get around the fact that you're going to have to watch the Houston Texans as well. Unless you record it and just fast forward the defensive part. If you're losing to the Bengals... Some's not, not not even the Bengals, Joe Burrow. The Bengals with freaking Brandon Allen. You got Deshaun Watson. You can't even beat the Bengals with Deshaun. Something's got to be done. I don't know who the head coach is going to be because that's like probably one of the least desirable jobs in the NFL because of the cap situation. And again, I don't know the cap situation, but I assume it's not great. And the draft picks. Not very desirable. Now, if you were one of those people that's like, oh, I'm going to go in and turn it around, then it's pretty desirable, I would imagine. But, like, the Chargers is the, probably the most desirable spot with their weapons they already have on their roster. They just need a competent head coach. They haven't had one of those since freaking Marty Schottenheimer, Norv Turner, Mike McCoy, Anthony Lynn. They need an actual good head coach. Anthony Lynn, other he's a better fit for a head coach than the likes of McCoy and Norv Turner, who are great coordinators. Right? No, 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 okay. North Turner's a great coordinator. Mike McCoy can go shove one. I don't even care. That dude sucks as a coach and a coordinator. He just had Peyton Manning. He got the Adam Gase treatment. But got found out a lot sooner than Adam Gase did. 
Lane has that demeanor of a head coach where he's a no-nonsense type of guy. But I don't know what he does. Never called plays. He's an offensive guy, I think. At least he was in Buffalo and the Jet with the Jets. I don't know where he'd go if he'd be a head coach anywhere this year. Not this year, but we'll see where he goes after this. That's the most desirable. Then I would probably say the Jaguars the next desirable spot because you look at what you can do with no GM opening. You're getting Trevor Lawrence, got a lot of picks. The Jets could be pretty desirable as well because of the amount of picks you have. You can maybe choose your quarterback. I think once they hire that coach, they'll figure out what they want to do with Sam or draft quarterback, whatever. That's when they'll kind of start putting the pieces in place of, do we want to draft a guy? Do we want to trade for a guy? Do we want to trade the pick? Do we want to draft a lineman, wide receiver, whatever? That's when they'll start figuring that out. But that's a pretty desirable spot other than it being the Jets. If you just don't, if you cover the Jets logo and name and just look at the picks, the all the stuff you could do there, then it'd be desirable. But once you look at the nasty green logo and go, ugh, I have to live in New Jersey? Okay, guess we're going to, well, you don't have to, but to fit in with the Jets, you have to do that. And then what other jobs are available? I don't, do I still have the thing pulled up? I d- no, I do. I do. Go back. So we have, so I'd say Los Angeles, Jacksonville, the Jets, the Falcons, no defense. You got pretty much locked in on the team needs. The offense ain't the problem in Atlanta. It's the team needs. And you can have the opportunity to trade away two legends in Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. So there you go. You can have that job as well. And the Detroit and Houston are easily the bottom two. You can pick and choose which one's the worst one. The Houston is beneficial because you get to work with a guy like Deshaun Watson unless he gets traded. Detroit doesn't really have any. Detroit's the worst. Detroit's the least desirable spot. That's why I think a guy like Marvin Lewis would go in there. A guy who's been around the NFL, has experience with the Ravens, the Bengals. He's counted Arizona State with Herman Edwards. He's got experience around coaching. I think he could work, establish a culture of some sort there. I don't think you want to hire a first-year head coach like a Robert Sala or a uh, Brian Dable or Eric Bieniemy or someone like that in Detroit. You need to get a guy that has experience that can establish a little bit of a culture in Detroit because that's something they haven't had for the better part of 50 years, it feels like. Which is sad, but it's true. So that's why you go after guys like uh, uh, Marvin Lewis or someone like that or a Jim Caldwell. No, they won't hire Jim Caldwell again. Todd Bowles has some experience, but he was with the Jets. Do you want to go after that again? Do you want to go after a guy... Like, I don't know. It's got you're, you're gonna have to get an experienced guy in there. Dennis Allen has some experience as a head coach, not great experience, but experienced nonetheless. He's a head coach candidate, apparently. So, yeah, Detroit sucks. I would you'd say the Chargers, Jaguars, and Jets are easily the most desirable spots. Houston, Atlanta, Detroit, Atlanta, you at least got a top five pick. I think you can work with something there. And no GM there right now, so that's also very enticing. Oh, man. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. We haven't really talked about the playoffs that much. We talked about Deshaun Watson wanting to possibly leave Houston, and then we kind of just dipped on the playoff thing. Talking about the quarterback situation and coaches. So we'll finish off the show talking about the playoff picture and making predictions and stuff like that on what we could, what what I think will happen. And it's going to be hard. 
because I don't like when my teams are actually expected to do things in the playoffs. Like, a lot of people on social media are, like, the hipster pick to win the Super Bowl is the Bills. And I don't like that. Makes me stressed out a little bit. Because the Colts, they're 11-5. They have Phillip Rivers as a quarterback who's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. They've got a good roster. This isn't like some team that squeaked in at 8-8 like the Bears. This is a good football team. And Frank Reich, Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Bills, said this about Frank Reich. Bills cult hero as well. Said he's trying to play it up like they're the underdogs, but they have a Hall of Fame quarterback and won 11 games. They're not scared. We're not overlooking them at all, which is smart. They have Jonathan Taylor, a good young running back who just put up over 200 yards rushing or something against the Jaguars last week. Over 100 yards the first quarter. They have receivers that are very good, such as T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman. There's well, one of the best O-lines, if not the best O-line in the NFL. Anthony Costanzo is out, apparently, so that'll be interesting to see how the Bills attack that. DeForest Buckner on the D-line's a big problem for the Bills as well. On the interior side, which is probably the weakest spot, the guard spots... For the Buffalo Bills, mostly Ike Butker, former Iowa Hawkeye, is probably the weaker point of those two guard spots because they've kind of rotated Brian Winters and him at that left guard spot. So we'll see how that works out for the Bills. Yeah, experience Xavier Rhodes in the the back as well. You've got uh, Darius Leonard, one of the best young linebackers in the NFL, made an all-pro team his rookie year. So... Yeah, they're, they're, don't overlook them. Rodrigo Blankenship's one of the better kickers in the NFL. Like, they've got players on that team. And it scares me that the fact that everybody's just chalking the Bills up as a Super Bowl favor or an AFC Championship lock, that makes me very nervous because of the fact of how good the Colts actually can be. Now, they've had blips, very bad blips. Obviously, Jacksonville Jaguars thing week one, the Bengals game, couple of shaky performances throughout the season kind of showed up late. Even though Jonathan Taylor rushed for over 200 yards, they still had to wait to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is not not great. Not great. At least for, for the Bills it is, but for the Colts, not a great way to go into the playoffs. They won, blew a lead against the Steelers, who were on a terrible run of form when they played the Colts. So we will have to see... How the Bills play this game offensively. The Bills are killing everybody. They're a very good run of form. It's Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley will hopefully be back. Because he was out last week. He should be back. Diggs said they'll be back. But yeah, we will talk about that more later. Obviously, I talked about that quite a bit. Because it's a big game. I'm nervous. It's the first playoff game of the year for the NFL. 12 o'clock on CBS on Saturday. First game that anybody will watch in the playoffs, the Bills-Colts. I'm nervous. Last time these two teams played was that snow game. But no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was in It was in Indianapolis. Derek Anderson started for it. Last time Colts were in Buffalo was, yeah, the snow game. But without further ado, we've put this off long enough. We're going to do the top 18 teams in the 2021 NFL draft. I'm not post. I'm not going to post this anywhere. I'm just going to keep this for myself and for the listening audience. I might post on Twitter as like a little clip or something for Twitter or something like that. But I'm not going to do an in-depth analysis, like type up a 9,000-word thing like I did with my last mock draft for the 2020 NFL draft. Not going to do that here. I'm just going to do a simple talk through each pick, 
do that kind of stuff. And my Wi-Fi is being horrific right now. Do I just do this on my phone? I think that might be the best option we got here because my Wi-Fi is not really working. Oh, there we go. I'd rather do it on my laptop because it's I can see a lot more tings on this. So start draft. Here we go. Now, a reminder, we've talked about this a little bit in the past. If you want to do this yourself, the easiest way to do a mock draft without actually just typing up everything like I used to, there's different websites that have it. We did Draft Network last year, which is a very good website for the draft. Probably the, if you want to do mock drafts, it's probably number one spot. But if you want to do trades and stuff, you're going to have to do a subscription. I did that because I was trying to figure out what I want to do. And then I found this website. And this website's featured on Bleacher Report, Sports Illustrated, SB Nation, Fan Sided, USA Today, 24-7 Sports, and etc. This is called the NFL Draft Mock Draft Database.com. Just go and search that in the search bar. It should pop up. And you're going to have to sign into a social media account or your Google account, whatever. So you can save your mock drafts after you're done. And you can even go in the future. They have ones from 2023 that you can do. I think only the first rounds. But if you want to try and do one for next year, do it. <laughs> Don't care. So we're just doing the top 18. Let's let's read out the top 18 picks in the draft. So first off, the Jaguars. Then we got the Jets, Dolphins via Houston. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, Cincinnati Bengals, Philadelphia Eagles, Detroit Lions, Carolina Panthers, Denver Broncos, Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants, San Fran 49ers, Los Angeles Chargers, Minnesota Vikings, New England Patriots, Arizona Cardinals, Las Vegas Raiders, and the Miami Dolphins. Again, this is their actual pick. And then for the rest of the draft, order 19 through 32. At this point, this is how it would read. Uh, Washington 19, Chicago 20, Jacksonville 21 via LA Rams. Colts 22, Browns 23, Titans 24, Bucks 25, Baltimore 26, the Jets 27 via, I don't know, I can't remember who they who this pick is from, <laughs> I'm black, I can't remember what this pick is from, then Steelers at 28, Saints 29, Bills 30, Packers 31, Chiefs 32, now obviously there's that's going to change as the playoffs start, so until that point, We'll just do the top 18 picks. So if you forgot what I said, we'll talk about them each time we announce the pick. So the first pick in the 2021 NFL drafts, the Jaguars, not too much deliberation here. They're going to just, they're not even going to start the timer. It's just going to be Jagsville Jaguars are on the clock and they select Trevor Lawrence. Now there's some like weirdos out there, not weirdos, but people that like to throw, I don't know, try to make up stuff, trying to make it a little fun. And those are the people that are like, the Jaguars, if they hire Urban Meyer, they're obviously going to draft Justin Fields first overall. That won't happen. I don't care if Justin Fields played better than Trevor Lawrence in the last game of the season. I love Justin Fields. I'm not taking anything away from Justin Fields. We've talked about him a lot on the show. It was a great gutsy performance against Clemson that will be talked about for years. It'll be one of the greatest performances in a national championship game ever. Deshaun Watts, or, uh, Justin Fields' performance against the Clemson Tigers. But remember, I mean, the same matchup last year, both played amazing that game too. Trevor Lawrence came out the better end of that. Same thing, got hurt, came back in, dominated. Trevor Lawrence is more of a blow to the head. Justin Fields is obviously the rib injury. But Trevor Lawrence will be going number one overall. Whoever they get as their head coach, GM, they're feeling pretty good. They are feeling pretty good about themselves. They're talking about a can't-miss prospect. Now, I'd hate that word because everybody can miss. Even the most can't-miss prospect can miss. 
It's the beauty and the beast of the NFL draft. It's not exact science. Injuries could happen to Trevor Lawrence, and then you're like, well, man, we should have probably taken Justin Fields then. Josh Rosen was pretty much a surefire lock to be a really good quarterback. He was the most pro-ready quarterback out of that 2018 draft class. Look where he is now, on his fourth team. Lamar Jackson was talked about getting moved positions. He's a unanimous MVP in the NFL. Second ever in NFL history. Second ever unanimous MVP. Ever. People said the Giants were idiots for taking Daniel Jones at six, which they still aren't. They still are for taking him that early, but it was mostly because they took him before Dwayne Haskins. That early. I think the Giants are happy with Daniel Jones rather than having Dwayne Haskins. I think they'd all I think they'd be fine with that. I don't think they want Dwayne Haskins, <laughs> to be 100% honest with you. Yeah, the draft's not perfect. Can't miss, guys. Can miss all the time. Now, there's safe picks, like Quentin Nelson was a safe pick in the 2018 draft class. Most linemen tend to be safer picks. The draft, Quentin Williams was an insane draft prospect. Had one year of production at Alabama. Has kind of struggled to adjust the NFL. Third overall pick. Can't miss. Best player in the draft for a lot of people. Don't like that word. Can't miss is a stupid word, especially involving the NFL draft, because everybody can miss. Trevor Lawrence seems like a quote-unquote can't-miss guy, but everybody can. I hope he doesn't. I like Trevor Lawrence. I love the fact Doug Marone doesn't get get his grubby little claws all over him. Thank you for getting rid of him, Jacksonville. I would love him to go to the Jets, but you know. Now, the Jets, speaking of, number two overall pick. Sam Darnold's their quarterback right now. Joe Douglas did not draft Sam Darnold. Joe Douglas has no affiliation with Sam Darnold whatsoever. You see GMs and quarterbacks, coaches and quarterbacks are linked quite a bit. It's the GMs and the quarterbacks that should be linked more. You see Ryan Pace in Chicago. The reason they didn't go after a more established NFL starter is because he drafted Trubisky and traded up to get him. GM's job security relies on the quarterback they draft. If you don't draft a good quarterback as a GM, your job is on the line. Obviously, the coach's job is on the line as well, but if the coach comes in and didn't have any say in the quarterback, then the coach is fine. Like, Matt Nagy had no say on drafting Trubisky. He wasn't there. John Fox didn't even know they were drafting Trubisky, and Pace did it. So, like, the GMs get linked with quarterbacks, should get linked more than what they do as what you see as far as the national media goes. So, Joe Douglas was not the GM when the draft Jets traded up to draft Sam Darnold. Okay? So there's one little point that I would like to make here. Number two, a lot of people say Sam Darnold at the 2018 draft, which is flashback to the 2018 draft. We've already talked about the GM situation. It was Mike Mangin. I don't know how to say his name, but... Sam was a can't-miss prospect. He was an elite prospect. So a lot of people consider him. He's going to start right away. He's the most pro-ready quarterback next to Josh Rosen. That was what everybody said. Darnold was one, Rosen was two on most draft boards out there. And then you fluctuated between Josh and Baker, and then Lamar was easily fifth. If we're talking about the 2015 draft, we're talking about the national media's viewpoint on the draft. The Jets got Sam. Would the Jets, would Sam Darnold be better than Baker in Cleveland? Would Baker be better than Sam in New York? Because that's going to be talked about a lot. Would Sam be better if he was in Cleveland right now? I don't know. I think Sam's more act, uh, more athletic than Baker. Uh, he's obviously bigger than Baker. But is he as accurate as Baker? 
does he turn the ball is turn the ball over less than Baker? He has a stronger arm than Baker. So as far as measurables go, like athletic, like speed, uh, arm strength, size, that stuff he's better at Baker in. But I think Baker is superior in the mindset aspect of that, which is what you really need as far as a quarterback. Not necessarily how great of a person you are, which that helps, obviously. If you're a good person, you're going to be easy to follow as the quarterback being the leader of the team. But if you have a mindset that goes, we can beat anybody, or I'm not worse than anybody, or we're going to go out there and do this. We're going to do this. Well. I don't think Sam does that. What If we're a Jets fan or a Jets player or whatever, I know Sam seems like a very nice, likable dude. Josh Allen and him are best friends. That's why I want Sam Darnold to succeed because I'd love to see the rivalry between him and Josh's friends battling it out for the top of the division. Now, obviously, Miami is the second best team in that division. Do the Jets draft Penny Sewell or Justin Fields? Obviously, Zach Wilson's going to be talked about in there, but you can't look past Justin Fields and the gutsy performance he put out against the best team in the nation, one of the best teams in the nation, when they were expected to get beat bad because they only played six games. Would you draft Fields or would you draft Sewell? Would you believe in Sam Darnold or not? Joe Douglas is a former offensive lineman. Would he go after the lineman? Now you got, if you look at the line that they have on the edges, Mackay Becton and Penny Sewell, that would be an insane edges for your offense. Do they do that? Or do they go after Fields or Zach Wilson or Devontae Smith? Do they do that? Give Sam Darnold another weapon. My gut tells me the Jets go after Fields. That's what my gut is telling me at this point in time, the New York Jets take Justin Fields. Is it the smartest decision? I don't know. Obviously, the smarter decision may be just take the offensive lineman and then wait till Sam Darnold's done with this little, his, what, rookie deal or whatever, and then decide what to do after that. They're in talks with a big trade this offseason. Do they trade the number two pick with, say, like, I don't know, Carolina, San Fran, maybe Detroit to draft a quarterback. Do they do that? I don't know. This is the toughest pick in the draft because I think they'll go either Sewell or Fields. And I am going to do, for this pick, This is I'm struggling with this a lot. As you can tell, I've talked about the Jets pick for like, what, 10 minutes now? Feels like. Uh, okay. We're just for right now, because I've done a lot of mock drafts with them taking fields. I'm going to do it here. So I have the Jets taking fields. Am I confident saying that right now? Not really. But if after watching Sam Darnold, this is from an outsider's perspective, and we've roasted Sam Darnold and the Jets and their fans and Sam Darnold followers or believers, whatever, on a, a pretty daily basis during the summer prior to the season starting. I don't know what you see in Sam Darnold that makes you go, yeah, this is our franchise guy. I hope for him that he succeeds somewhere else, but I don't think it's in New York. Joe Douglas was not very committal talking about Sam Darnold, but obviously he's not going to be because that gives them draft strategy. If you make it seem like you're going to trade him or want to keep him or whatever, you make your your plans very, uh, very hard to decipher gives you a lot of capital in that pick and the trade because oh they don't want to get rid of him we're going to give him a lot to get Sam Darnold 
oh, they want to keep Sam Darnold. So we're going to have to trade up. Do they? We don't know. We're going to have to trade him a lot. Oh, we're going to take Justin Fields. No, you're not. This is the Carolina Panthers calling. We want Fields. Interesting stuff going on here in revolving that New York Jets number two overall pick. But after watching Sam for the past three years, there's nothing that he has done that makes me go, I would build my franchise around him. At this point in time, on January 7th at 5.34 at night, I don't know if I'd take Sam Darnold over Justin Fields. After I watched Justin Fields' gutsy performance against Clemson, after what I saw him do last year, he was a Heisman finalist, there's nothing that I would say Sam Darnold does better than Justin Fields. So I would take Justin Fields. If I'm the Jets, that's what I would do. Is that the smarter decision? I don't know. But just watching Sam, there's nothing that I see that's like, yes, this is the guy. He could prove it wrong. He could ball out, ball out this year if they draft Penny Sewell. And again, that awesome off the line, two young tackles. Rotate either one because apparently he is a quote-unquote can't-miss prospect as well. Miami Dolphins, now the number two pick. I think this is a fairly straightforward one. I'm going Devontae Smith. We talked about it on Wednesday. Congrats again to Devontae Smith on winning the Heisman. Devontae Smith, last season, when they had two number one, two first-round wide receivers, two receivers first taken in the last year's draft, Devontae Smith led the team in receiving yards. Tua's touchdown pass against Georgia in the national championship game was to Devontae Smith. The Dolphins, against the Bills the last week of the season, dropped a ton of passes between Devontae Parker, Ford, and other, a couple other players that I can't remember. But they dropped a ton of passes. I was kind of just dazed there. I didn't really know what was going on. I was like, wow, this is just kind of boring and painful to watch for a Dolphins fan. Devontae Smith and Tua have a very good connection. From what I could tell from watching at Bama. So I would take Smith with the third pick of on the Miami Dolphins. Now you got the size thing. He's 6'1", barely 175. Soaking wet, I bet he's 175. But you watch his route running. You watch how many plays he makes after he catches the ball. You have to take it. Now Jamar Chase is going to be a very big name target here. Do we take him here? Just with the connection between Tua and Devontae Smith, I would take Smith. And then you have Devontae Parker there as well. You have two Devontae's out wide. You have Mike Gusecki, a very uh, athletic tight end that can make a lot of plays. You have two young tackles in Rob Hunt and Austin Jackson. You could obviously take Penny Sewell here or go crazy and take Micah Parsons to fit Brian Flores' defense. But I think they just need more players on offense. Didn't help that Brian Flores didn't even really want Tua. He wanted Herbert. The front office wanted Tua. So that doesn't really help Brian Flores in this situation. He's probably not... So when people go, oh, Brian Flores can't handle this quarterback situation, he didn't want Tua. He's hand, he's trying to get them in places to win. And he doesn't feel Tua can do that, he's going to put Ryan Fitzpatrick. So that's where we're going right now. I'm going Devontae Smith. If I'm Atlanta at four, obviously Atlanta Falcons pick fourth overall in this draft. They did not have a great year. Defense is what they're going to be targeting here, is what I would suspect. There's obviously going to be talks about Matt Ryan getting traded, Julio getting traded. So they do out. They go after the quarterback. They go after Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or go rogue and take Mac Wilson fourth overall. What do they do? I personally would go after defense, and I think the targets we are looking at here for Atlanta they could go Penny Sewell with the fourth overall pick. They need some help on the offensive line, but I would look at Micah Parsons, Patrick Sertan, uh, Caleb Farley. There, then you got Quiddy Pay from Michigan, Gregory Rousseau. 
at Miami. You got, if you want to go even more rogue, Aziz Ojulari could be a guy that they kind of, maybe not seen as a, a huge reach, but he's climbing up some draft boards. I think he'll go in the first round, and it'll just be a battle between how they feel about Quiddy Pay and Gregory Rousseau on who's the superior defensive end in this draft. So who do you who who do you really rate as the higher DN? I've seen a lot of Quiddy Pay going to the Atlanta Falcons. I've seen some Micah Parsons go there. I've seen a lot of things. I've seen Penny Sewell, I've seen Zach Wilson, I've seen Justin Fields. What do they need the most? If we're looking at now my ESPN thing's kind of been acting weird for a while ever since I tried to pull up the statist- or the scoreboard for the NFL playoffs. Try to get this going again. So go to stats on ESPN, see what their biggest needs are on the defensive side of the ball because their defense sucks. The Matt Ryan's contract is fairly big. I don't know who'd be willing to take up that size of a contract. And most notably, the biggest problem on their defense is what you would seem is their defense. Their passing defense is what I should say. They give up the most yards per game in the entire NFL. They've given up 34 passing touchdowns. They have only have 12 interceptions this season they allow 68 percent completion percentage this season now the 12 interceptions kind of like right in the middle of the nfl but most yards per game given up most yards given up in the season by almost 140 yards next closest thing is the seattle seahawks and then the detroit Lions right after seattle it's crazy and the biggest problem they have with that obviously you go after their corner like patrick sertan or something like that they're not able to get to the pass rusher they had 29 sacks last year, which is definitely in the bottom 20 of the NFL this year. Maybe not definitely. I got to count this because I might be wrong. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Oh, the number 20. Boom. Called it. But yeah, I. they go after Sertan. They go after Quiddy Pay. For this, I'll go after Quiddy Pay with this draft pick. Get a defensive end there. They have no pass rush whatsoever they give up a lot of yardage passing because they don't get to the quarterback and obviously sack numbers bottom half of the league easily but it also revolves in they're not applying any pressure to the quarterbacks which gives the receivers time to get open which is why they've also begun up a lot of yards now they drafted AJ Terrell could they draft a Patrick Sertan or Caleb Farley this year we'll have to see the Bengals not a lot of thinking here much like the Dolphins pick for me it's Penny Sewell if he's somehow available you draft him don't even think twice about it maybe they trip the two with the jets to get get him because they feel like the dolphins or falcons could take him but if he's available at five not even really thinking twice about it that's really the main reason why i went with fields here because it's easier to figure out what the Bengals would do if fields gets taken second rather than if sewell gets taken second because then you can go with rashawn slater uh christian durasaw from virginia tech jamar chase obviously get that link up with joe burrow if aj greens leaves aj green leaves not aj greens a lot of things. You could go after D-end. Gregory Rousseau would be available. Zizo Lari would be available. So, I don't know. They could do a lot of things. Patrick Sertan, Caleb Fairley. Do they want to go after Micah Parsons? There's a lot of things the Bengals could do. So, just if you don't want to think about what the Bengals do, just give them Penny Sewell and then just move on. The Eagles, this one's down to two players. I think it's between Micah Parsons and Jamar Chase. I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. You whiffed on Jalen Rager last year. Get Hurts. A number one wide receiver in Jamar Chase. The Eagles don't have that. They have Hurts. Uh, they have 
Jalen Rager, they have Ortega Whiteside, Zach Ertz might be retiring. So maybe you draft Kyle Pitts from Florida. He's talked about somewhere in that 5 to 15 range, somewhere maybe even 20 range, 5 to 20 range. Maybe you go after him. The Bengals have also been talks from what I've seen in drafting a guy like that. So with the 7th pick, the Detroit Lions, this is where it gets interesting. Do they go after a quarterback or do they go with defense? Because they need some help on the defensive side of the ball as well. Because Matt Stafford, if they're going to do head coaching, the be- probably best case scenario for Matt Stafford is to get the hell out of Detroit and get somewhere like San Fran, where you could link up with Kyle Shanahan, and that would be a very beneficial partnership for both parties. For the likes of Stafford and Shanahan. Stafford's a very similar style of quarterback to that of Matt Ryan, who had great numbers under Kyle Shanahan's system in Atlanta, led them to a Super Bowl, got him an MVP, got him all sorts of stuff. But do they go after a Zach Wilson or someone like that? Because it depends on whether they want to move on from Matt Stafford or not. That's the crazy thing here. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. I really, really, really... Really, really want <laughs> to take a quarter. I want them to take a quarterback, but they need a lot of help on the defensive side on the ball. They need help on the defensive side of the ball. That's where I'm confused here. I'm going to. I don't know. This mock draft kind of stinks because I'm. I should have done this prior and just done it like so. I'm going to go with the fact that they trade him away. So, okay, this I don't like this. I don't like this model. I'm going to take Micah Parsons. They need help on defense. They need a leader on defense. Micah Parsons can play all over the front on defense. Take him. Move on. And then Zach Wilson going to Carolina at 8. I think that's a fairly easy decision right there. Get a new quarterback in there. Maybe if you want Trey Lance, if you feel like apparently Zach Wilson's got some character issues from an unnamed scout or GM or whatever, He's got some character issues, came from a rich background, doesn't really, thinks he's the smartest person in the world. So maybe you don't want to take him by athletic ability, you have to take him at number 8. Denver, Trey Lance is available, but I think they go after someone on defense like Patrick Sertan. John Elway said they're not moving on from Drew Luck. If Drew Luck, if you draft a quarterback in the first round, even though you didn't say it, you're moving on from Drew Luck. Because you're not playing Drew Luck if you draft a guy in the first round. He's not Aaron Rodgers who's been in this league forever, this is a third year, going to be a third-year guy. You're not star, You're not, not going to play Trey Lance if you draft him. Dallas, Caleb Fairley, they drafted um, Trayvon Diggs in the second round. He was a very good draft pick, it seems like. So go after another corner. In this case, Caleb Fairley, or Farley, I don't know how to say his name. For the Giants, give them Jalen Waddell. Give uh, Daniel Jones... Maybe not a number one guy, but an option that can do a lot of things. Jalen Waddle has that elite speed that people are looking for in the NFL. Joe Douglas or Joe Judge was the receivers coach for the New England Patriots for a few years, as well as being the special teams coordinator. Two things that Jalen Waddle does very well: play wide receiver and do things on special teams. I have a video saved in my phone for some reason. I took it on Snapchat of his punt return against LSU last year. If you have not seen Jalen Waddle's punt return against LSU, Go and watch it. He almost gets his head twisted off his head and then proceeds to return it all the way like a 90, 80, 90 yard return for a touchdown. Two things Joe Judge did in New England was coach special teams, 
Coast receivers. Was Jalen Waddell a receiver who could do a lot in the special teams department? So if we are doing this, like if the 49ers, let's just say every quarterback stays where they are this year. The 49ers would be that team that'd be sitting there that'd be looking for a quarterback because even if they keep Jimmy G, which I don't know if they will or not, you're going to have to draft a quarterback, probably will have to draft a quarterback because Jimmy G can't stay healthy. And Nick Mullins, technically, which is, this is a crazy stat, yards per game is first all-time in 49ers history for passing yards per game. Even Joe Montana, Steve Young, uh, Jeff Garcia, <laughs> the legends of the San Francisco 49ers, they're, it's crazy to think about that Zach Wilson is, t- or not Zach Wilson, uh, Nick Mullins is in that spot. That is crazy to think about. That he's available right there. Not available. I'm I'm in two brains right now. I was just reading something. I'm in I'm in, ugh, I'm a little lost right now. This has been a weird show so far. Twelve. San Fran. If they don't get Trey Lance or don't draft Trey Lance, they're going after a guy like J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina. Or if they want to go Sean Wade, the cornerback from Ohio State, do that as well. But I think if there's if the quarterbacks stay where they are, when I made my QB coach destinations earlier, I put Trey Lance. In Carolina with Zach Wilson in Chicago. Obviously, I changed that. If Matt Stafford stays, then they'll draft Trey Lance at 12. That's what my gut says. If, if the Lions keep Matthew Stafford, they will draft someone like Micah Parsons to help save or salvage something on that defensive line. Or deep, not defensive line, the defense in general. If they trade him... They will be one of the guys drafting a guy like Zach Wilson or Trey Lance at 7, and then Carolina will take the guy available next. If San Fran gets Matt Stafford, they're not going to draft a quarterback. If they keep Jimmy G, they're going to have to draft a quarterback. Because one, he can't stay healthy, and two, I don't know if they really like him as their quarterback. They're paying him a lot of money, but if you got a guy like Trey Lance, you can still move on from Jimmy G and have a guy like Nick Mullins, who we said leads the 49ers yards per game in their history, passing yards per game, which is ridiculous. The Chargers, with the 13th pick, get some help for your young quarterback. Get him Rashawn Slater, the lineman from, uh, what's his name, from Northwestern. Get some help there. Save him. Uh, They got Sam Tevy at left tackle right now who can easily be upgraded on. He's not a great left tackle. He kind of fell into that spot by default because Russell Okung was out with, I think he had a blood clot or something, and they traded him over to Carolina for Trey Turner, so they got the guard spot, but that left tackle spot. Now, if you want to move him to the guard, the guard spot for the Chargers is not great either. Forrest Lamp is there. Trey Turner was off and on with injury this season, if I remember correctly. You can move Rayshon Slater inside if you feel Sam Tevy is that guy at the left tackle spot. If not, draft Rayshon Slater with that 13th pick. Now, DN's going to be talked about a lot, DN depth, because you got the likes of Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. Melvin Ingram battled a lot of injuries this year. So that's going to get talked about. And if, if for some reason, the, the Chargers go after D, I, they could. They could easily go after DN, but I don't think they will, if that makes any sense. The Minnesota Vikings are the next team on the clock. Obviously, O line is a pressing need. For the Vikings, 
They obviously traded Yannick Ngakwe to Baltimore, so that's going to be a big need, as well as edge rusher Daniel Hunter will be back, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr will be back. Do they go after a guy on the defensive line like a Gregory Rousseau to help get somewhat of a pass rush, which they did not have all last year. They had 23 sacks last year. Obviously, offensive lineman is going to be a big need for the Minnesota Vikings this year. They addressed that somewhat. They passed two drafts with Garrett Bradbury and then Ezra Cleveland last year, who can play both guard and tackle. Riley Reeve had himself a good year. Do they go with an O-lineman or do they go with Rosso? I'm going to, just for this draft, I'm going to go with Rosso. I'm not, this is one where I'm not really putting too much thought into it or trying not to put too much thought into it and just getting it out of the way and just getting it done. The New England Patriots, not even really thinking twice about it, get Kyle Pitts from Florida. They have no production for the tight end spot. They need to get a tight end to get something there because they have no wide receivers. You get a guy like Kyle Pitts, he's as good as a receiver. Watch his first game against Ole Miss this year. I was in awe. Him and Kyle Trask were in some weird sync during that game against Ole Miss. Go watch the Ole Miss-Florida game. Tape of that or the highlights of that, whatever you want to do. Kyle Pitts absolutely destroyed that Ole Miss defense. And Kyle Trask balled out as well. And Kyle Trask came fourth in the Heisman vote, but he should still get taught. I know he's not going to get... He's going to drop down some draft boards. Got one outplayed by Matt Jones, the SEC Championship game, and two had three interceptions the first half against Oklahoma. So he's going to drop down, but he still needs to get talked about or considered at least in that last probably 25 to 32 range in the first round. But if not, he'll be a nice second-day pick in the second round. Early second round, one would suspect. We Again, we don't know the order in the second round because it's just the first round. We don't even know what's going to go on in the second round at this point in time. Arizona, what do they do? I'm going to go after a guy like J.C. Horn. I believe that Patrick Peterson is a free agent this offseason. They've obviously addressed the offense. Now Larry Fitzgerald's going to be gone, so maybe you want a Rashad Bateman or a Rondell Moore. If you want one of those guys, take them. But if you want to address one of their biggest needs on this team, which is defense, so offense is not the problem. And with Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech, they had really nothing of a defense. They put up great numbers offensively. They had fun. Didn't win. That's the kind of thing they're going to have go on in Arizona if they don't help get their defense figured out. And if J.C. Horn's available, which I, he definitely should be, take him there. Now, other needs they could possibly take. Edge rusher could be available. You could take an offensive lineman as well. The guards or tackle spots to help protect Kyler Murray. Being one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, he does get hit a lot. So, if you want to help protect him, do that. If Kyle Pitts is available, take that. If you want to get more weapons for Kyler, which I'm sure Cliff Kingsbury would want to. But, if they're smart, they help get that defense figured out. Because then, once their offense is clicking, and the defense is still allowing a ton of points like they are right now. Serenity. (laughs) Defense and offense together. J.C. Horn, if he's available, which he definitely should be, take him at 16. The Raiders... Have a few needs here as well. I'm going to go with the edge rusher, Aziz Ojolari, with the 17th overall pick. Need help in the D-tackle spots as well. They they haven't gotten a lot of production from Cleland Furl. Have from Max Crosby, who's like a fifth-round draft pick or something. The Raiders, they could do a lot. Do they want to go after a quarterback this draft? Do they want to move on from Derek Carr? Time will tell. Time will certainly tell. But at this point, I'm going to give them Aziz Ojolari. Joseph Osai from Texas will be available as well. If you want to get some help at the linebacker spots, uh, 
I don't even know how to say it. Jeremiah from Notre Dame. Not even going to try. Owosu. He'll be available. Dylan Moses. Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins has kind of jumped Dylan Moses in most people's draft boards. Uh, yeah, that's what I'd probably look at if I was the Raiders. Obviously, we're going to have just to mention him. Davion Nixon will get mentioned there. Uh, Christian Barrymore, Jay Tufel from USC will get mentioned there as far as interior linemen. Marvin Wilson will get talked about. They want to go interior linemen. Wyatt Davis, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith will all be there. If you want to tackle, these could all vary because the tackle order minus Penny Sewell is kind of all over the place. If Trent Brown leaves, because I'm pretty sure he's a free agent or he has one year left on his massive contract, so they want to move on from that. Get a guy like Christian Derrissaw, Samuel Cosme, uh, Jalen Mayfield, Alex Leatherwood, Leon Eckenberg. If you want the UNI guy, Spencer Brown, or Dylan Randus, if you want a guy from the FCS, Walker Little was talked about as a first rounder earlier this year and last year. Not so much anymore. But in the last pick, the Miami Dolphins, we drafted Devontae Smith with the third overall pick, with the 18th pick, just for fun, because. Dolphins are obviously going to want to build help Tua on the offensive side of the ball. Do they go after an edge rusher? Do they go after a linebacker? They'll definitely, certainly could do all of those things. But if I'm the Dolphins, I'm going to go after Wyatt Davis with the 18th pick. You get him a wide receiver, legit number one guy, and an offensive lineman, interior lineman. That would help a lot for the Miami Dolphins moving forward. Now, do I like this mock draft that we did on the fly? Not really. Should have probably done more research and done, not research. I've done a lot of research in regards to the players, but in regards to what I actually feel, because I'm stuck with teams that need quarterbacks. Obviously, the Jags are going to take Lawrence, but after that, the Jets are linked. I've seen the Dolphins semi-linked, which they shouldn't be. The Falcons have been linked. The Lions, Panthers, Broncos, Niners, Patriots, uh, the Raiders loosely have been linked with quarterbacks in the draft. So I just need to figure out which four teams do I think the top four quarterbacks, which are Lawrence Fields, Wilson, and Lance, where do I think they will go? I need to nail that down. Because I don't know if Micah Parsons, though he sat out all year, would slip out past Detroit. I think there's other good quarterbacks in this draft Detroit could target if they do not if they do in fact move on from Matthew Stafford this offseason. Again, you got Trask, who could be available in the second round. You're going to have a decently early second-round pick. Trask is there. Um, you want Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. He's a very underrated quarterback that could go in this draft class. Uh, Derek King didn't come out. Ian Book, later rounds, if you want to go after someone like that. Kellen Mond, there hasn't been any word if he's coming back or not. Uh, Sam Ellinger, in like the fourth or fifth round, maybe. But... That's where I'm stuck. I'm locked in on the fact that the Jaguars and the Panthers will take quarterbacks. I'm locked in on that. Everything else, the Jets, Falcons, Lions, Niners, Patriots, even the Raiders kind of, I'm not sold on. So, But this is what I've got so far for the top 18. This is going to change probably by the next time we do this. Trevor Lawrence going one to the Jacksonville. Justin Fields two to the Jets. Devontae Smith three to the Dolphins. Quiddy Pay to Atlanta. Penny Sewell to the Bengals. Jamar Chase to Philadelphia. Micah Parsons to Detroit. Now, you could flip Micah Parsons and Jamar Chase, and I'd be perfectly fine with that as well because both those needs could be filled on both those teams. Eagles need linebacker help and receiver help. Same with the Lions, especially if Kenny Galladay leaves. Uh, Zach Wilson, 8 to the Panthers. Patrick Sertan to Denver at 9. Caleb Farley, 10 to the Cowboys. Jalen Waddell, number 11 to the Giants. Trey Lance, 
if they keep Jimmy G, 12 to the Niners. Rayshon Slater to the Chargers at 13. Gregory Rousseau to the Vikings at 14. Kyle Pitts to the Patriots at 15. J.C. Horn of the Cardinals at 16. Aziz Ojolari to the Raiders at 17. They like to reach for guys. He could, a lot of people might see him as somewhat of a reach, but he's zooming up draft boards as we speak. Raiders like a reach. Did that with Damon Arnett last year. Cleveland Farrell the year before. Maybe they do it again. And then Wyatt Davis to the Dolphins at 18 to help get more help for Tua Tagovailoa. Now, they could go after a running back in the later rounds as well because they had like a really weird quarter running back carousel last year. They got Jordan Howard and Matt Breed in the offseason. It was pretty much Wayne, not Wayne Gallman. It was the other Clemson guy. I think it was a Clemson guy. Wayne, who, I got to look. Now, I'm, now I'm frustrated. Who is their running back this year is number 35. It's going to bother me until I see it. It's not Wayne Gallman because he's on the Giants. Who is it? Who is it? Go, go to the doctor. Miles Gaskin. That's who the running back was. He's from Washington. Not even from Clemson. I just had Wayne Gallman on my head. Miles Gaskin. I remember watching him in Washington too. Unless you want to keep him as your number one guy. Maybe draft one in the second round. Because there's some decent running backs available in this draft. Travis Etienne might be a first rounder. He's probably the only one that I could see get drafted in the first round. Najee Harris will be available, Chubba Hubbard, Javante Williams, Jarrett Patterson will be available, CJ Verdell could be in the later rounds as well, Master T had himself a fun year, if you want to go after Makai Sargent, do that, but yeah, that's what I've got right now for my mock draft on J J January 7th, 2021, this is going to change by the time we actually do mock drafts, this is kind of just a brief run, I'd say brief, this is a run through, it's like 40 minutes of a draft, but just run through that really quick. And yeah, we are going to adjust the coaches thing because we're just we're way over on time. So I'm going to stop here, talk about the quarterback and coach thing on Monday. And with that being said, I might change the mock draft before I post this episode on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. But as of right now, this is what I'm going with. Hope you enjoyed it. I think today was a fun show. You learned a lot about the Bills quarterback situation. Oh, we didn't do the playoff thing. Ah, crap. I've got to do a playoff prediction thing. Crap. <laughs> I've got NFL playoff predictions. Playoff bracket predict predictor. Because, ah, oh, man, I can't skip out on the playoff. I'm glad I didn't forget that. This show's just going to be a little longer than what I would have liked. How do I do? Can I, is there not a website that can NFL playoff predict? No, that's my website that I'd use. That's not helpful right now. Crap. I'm going to have to actually think. Like, who's the lower seed? Who's playing who? I need... I just want a simple playoff website that I can predict things on. You're going to make me actually think, are you? Oh, my God. Can I just have a bracket, please? <laughs> I'm struggling here. Oh, my throat hurts. I'm just ready to be done. I am ready to be done. So, my first prediction will start off the NFC. Uh, Saints beat the Bears. I don't really think there's a lot to think about there. Bears have a good defense. They came, they're coming into the postseason hot, but same, so are the Saints. So I'm going to go with the Saints over the Bears in this one. I'm going to go with Tampa over Washington. I don't think there's a lot of brain power that goes into that. I think it's a great offense, or not a great offense, a good offense versus a good defense in Washington's defense and Tampa Bay's offense. I'm going to go with Tom Brady with the playoff experience going over Washington in this one. But it may set Washington up with things to come in the future. And then the Seattle Seahawks over the Rams, not having possibly not having Jared Goff is going to be huge for the Rams. 
Now, Wolford could ball out against the Seattle Seahawks. Their defense isn't great. The Seahawks' offense hasn't been playing great either recently. So maybe the Rams could get a sneaky one past them. But I would go with Seattle here. So for the NFC on that, we've got Green Bay against Tampa and New Orleans against Seattle. There's not going to be a lot of thinking done on my part here. Green Bay and Saints will win those games as I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Washington, I think Green Bay... Uh, what Aaron Rodgers has been doing this year has been nothing short of remarkable. And the Seahawks' defense hasn't been great. The Saints are a really complete team. And then for the NFC Championship game, we're going to go with the Packers. Uh, Drew Brees going up to Lambeau Field in January. He hasn't played great in the cold throughout his career, but him being 43 or however old he is now, he will probably struggle against the Green Bay Packers in this game. I'm going to go with the Pack over the Green Bay Pack, over the New Orleans Saints in the NFC Championship game. For the AFC side, I'm going to go with the Bills getting past the Colts. I'm going to add the Ravens beating the, getting revenge on the Titans. Titans defense has been struggling stopping people recently. If they can go with the Derrick Henry thing like they did last year, they could win. But I trust, this is going to, some people might not like this because of last year, but I trust Lamar Jackson, even though he's not won a playoff game in two attempts, more, I don't, that's going to sound, a lot of people might not like that, but I love Lamar Jackson. I'm going to go with Lamar getting his first playoff win over Tennessee, and then I'm going to go with Pittsburgh over Cleveland, because as we talked about, Baker's 0-3 in his playoff career, or his career against Pittsburgh on the roads. They're going to be without their head coach, going to be without some significant players. Steelers didn't come into the playoffs looking good. The Browns barely beat a backup Steelers team, so I'm going to go with the Steelers beating the Browns. So we're going to have the Chiefs against the Ravens, Bills against the Steelers. We're going to go with the Chiefs beating the Baltimore Ravens. They handled them earlier in this year. I'm going to go with the Chiefs again. They seem to have the Baltimore Ravens number recently. Ever since Lamar and Patrick Mahomes have been in the league, the Chiefs have won every matchup. I'm going to go with them again. I'm going to go with the Bills over the Steelers. I think the Bills are a lot more complete team than the Pittsburgh Steelers. To show the last time they played each other in Buffalo, they do it again. Buffalo closes out the playoffs with two wins at home. And then in the AFC Championship game, Bills versus Chiefs. Chiefs beat the Bills last time these two teams played. Neither team really played great, to say the least, in that game. It was a very rainy day in Buffalo. Not a great weather game for either one of those teams. Neither team played great. Let's put it that way. The scoreline is fair, I guess. The Chiefs did, and did deserve to win that game. I will go with the Bills beating the Chiefs. In this game. I think the Bills are playing a lot better football at this point in time. I know it will be in Arrowhead. But I feel like the Bills are just playing better football at this point in time. So I'm going to go with the Bills as much as it pains me to say that. Because I don't like saying my teams will go very far in the playoffs or anything. I don't like choosing my teams to win anything. But I'm going to have to because I actually believe that will happen. Super Bowl. I will say that the Aaron Rodgers Josh Allen. Bills defense against Packers defense. Devontae Adams versus the Bills defense. Devon Diggs versus the Packers defense. I'm going to pick the Bills to actually win the Super Bowl. Does that sound crazy? I'm actually going to do it. You know what? Screw it. Yeah. Am I confident saying that? No, I'm scared. Scared shitless out of that. But I'm I'm going to say it. I'm going to say the Bills beat the, beat the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. That's what I'm thinking right now. I don't like that I'm saying that, but I'm saying it. I'm, I'm going to be confident. I'm going to try and be confident. Now they could lose the first round of the playoffs because I am nervous for the Colts. 
a lot it's a lot of people writing the Colts off because the Bills have had a really good stretch of games. The Colts are not a weak team. They're uber talented. So I'm gonna I am gonna say the Bills win the Super Bowl. That could come back to bite me. I'm knocking on wood as we speak. And yeah, that's all I've got for you today. I forgot to do the playoff prediction thing earlier, so I'm gonna do it now. I just did it. Hope you enjoyed the show. It's kind of a really weird, not really structured show at all. Kind of just a random things that popped in my head show day. But we're going to do the quarterback coach thing Monday because I didn't get to it today because I got talked about a lot of other random crap uh, along the way. So, yeah, that's all I've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed the show, and I will see you guys in the later episode. Peace.